It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Okay. Very excited. This could be my favorite episode of the year. You know why? Why? Because we're talking about my favorite topic next to... Your mother? Okay. You're funny. My favorite topic, okay, next to politics and maybe sports gambling... Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, little known fact about me, people. And and drinking. I'm a sports gambler. I'm also an amateur astrologer. <laughs> and this, this is what we're going to be talking about today. I love it. I believe in it. I would go as far as to say as I live by it. Right, yeah, right. I do. I carry a pocket astrologer with me. Yes, you do. And I can vouch for that. You don't um, do anything without I kinda, conferring with I, that. You're right. And that means everything, making dinner dates, I social dates. Do con- I do consult the, the stars. <gasps> I do consult the calendar. I like to know what's up and why not? You don't you schedule. Got... I, I, I've not known you to schedule anything without consulting. I didn't, I didn't schedule our wedding. I mean, I scheduled our wedding according to every little thing. Are you kidding? I really believe in it. And... Um, I know that it's not for everybody, and there are some people listening right now that could be rolling their eyes, but... Right! Like you? I do But I think, eyes. you know what, I'm, I've been working on Robbie. I think I've converted him now. To what? To seeing the, the you know, the value of astrology. I mean, let's, let, we're in a Mercury retrograde right now. You don't have to tell me that. I tell you, I give you a heads up, and I say, okay... Mercury's going retrograde today. Do not sign anything, buy anything, start anything. Especially when it comes initiate to electronic anything. gear. Right, for the next three weeks. And so that means that all commerce has to stop. Don't be in an elevator. Oh. Yeah. yeah, see, there she goes. She's, uh, Let us hope sudden. not. That's, those are technical glitches you don't want to have happen during a retrograde but you know shit happens during a retrograde you've seen it i you know you know it, it's it's real i have a problem with that with this because we live in a, a world where there's a continuum of, of commerce course. it has to take place at all times and if more people felt the way you did business would stop nothing would I'm get not saying, sold I'm nothing not would saying be the purchased world... No, Things right. break all the time, yes. and so yes, I think the Mercury there... retrograde is just a convenient excuse to blame it on if something breaks, whether it's a flat tire or uh, a car accident or, or something, or a deal goes south. These things happen okay. 52 weeks a year. I And I'm not disagreeing. I just think there is some truth to it and some scientific fact-based behind it that oh, really? we... Yes. I do. I want to know about the scientific facts behind it, but I'm not a naysayer about it. I have come. Okay, on you're board. you're respecting it a little bit more. <laughs> I well, I do, only because if I didn't, we wouldn't be together. Okay, and it so, would be really difficult for right. you to be with somebody that didn't respect what it is that you're going through here. Yeah, it's important to me, and I am superstitious. And wow. yes, I do. I, I I I am not a cuckoo bird either. I consider myself a very smart, rational, sensible human being. And it is, uh, it's important to me to know where the planets are at any given time. It helps me with my life and planning things. And I mean, for example, I would never plan, God forbid, like a medical procedure when, when the moon is in cancer. Okay. It's just, from everything I've read, it's not good because it's, you tend to want, when the moon's in cancer, it's, uh, for whatever reason, I think you bleed more. I don't know. But anyway, so, uh, and there's just other things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't plan things during a moon void. I wouldn't plan things during a retrograde. Um, You know, when I met you, I ran home 
I must have asked you within the first however many hours of knowing you, I got, I managed to get your birth information mm. out of you, which was no easy task, because it's a weird thing to ask someone when you meet, and trust me, you weren't the first guy I asked. This, I was, a, this was sort of a hilarious thing I used to do when I would meet a guy. <laughs> Good. I'd say, so, are you a morning person or a night person? <laughs> and then somehow from there, I'd say, well, you know, if you're a morning person, were you born in the morning? And then they'd say, yeah, I was born in the morning. And I'd say, do you know what time you were born in the morning? Oh, so you're, and that's how I, I would very, get... yes, stealthily get their birth info. And then I'd run home and, and, and get on to my, uh, yeah, I, I'm a, I, pay, I have a subscription to this astrological um, website. And I would do their chart. Well, isn't that special? Yeah, it helped. It, it helps. It helped me. So I, it was good that you're a Gemini. Because I'm an Aquarius. That was a big plus in your favor. Um, mm -hmm. You're a double Gemini, so you're rising. And so am I. <laughs> and, and you are, and you're such a, you are such a Gemini. Okay. You are really a Gemini. I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never a dull moment no. with a Gemini, well, by the way. That's true. And but, your, your moon is in, I think your moon. Now, we have a guest coming on today who is going to confirm or refute all of this but also because uh she studies practices vedic which i don't which is there's a different system to this so i think your moon as i remember it to be an aries but maybe according to the vedic system it's not so before wow. i yeah I, so that also you know it's not just your sun sign remember sun linda goodman's sun sun sign do book? i remember it? i used to consult those books when i was going on ha ha see well i did my sister's uh particularly my old sister Wendy, was uh, very much into astrology. And uh, I kind of got left with those books when, when she moved out of the house. And I enjoyed it because it had every combination right. of uh, potential signs with somebody else. And so you, if I met a woman and she was an Aries, I would say, oh, Aries, Gemini, Aries woman, Gemini man. It, it had those combinations in there. And it was very interesting. See? I really enjoyed it. I, okay. So I had a... I, I was primed a little bit before I met you about astrology, and I have a very superficial understanding of it. And uh, that's kind of like where I like to keep it, but I, I'm fascinated by it. And I love when there are some serendipitous moments that happen as a result of this, but you never... Yeah, so, you know. so, and I am a little further along in this in that it's not just like magazine horoscopes or drugstore horoscopes. I mean, I'm into it, and I can I can look at a chart. I can figure out a chart. I do charts. I can read people's charts, and it does help. It does. There's extra edification. It gives you extra insight, and it helps me to know um, where someone's aptitudes are and strengths, where they shine, where they have challenges. Um, and especially doing a chart for couples, that's also really interesting. So th there were things in our charts that I found to be compatible and encouraging. Uh, I could look at, I could remember your chart and see where you had some challenges, I think. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that, having that extra information helps me. And it also, you know, when I'm dealing with other clients, it helps a lot too. I have to be honest here it gives me a little leg up on knowing someone is this clients uh in training or life, yes life coaching life coaching are... and my fitness clients it's... it really it says it just tells a whole picture of who they are and That's... it helps and i think it's it's very important for you to have that well-rounded knowledge of your clients because it gives you an added ability to help them in areas that they may not even realize they need hey, help. Hey, anything, any little thing helps, right? I shouldn't say I'm an amateur. I'm actually a little more than an amateur you astrologer. I kind of, I mean, I really am. I'm well into this for many, many years. Oh, a wise dame, eh? I am a wise dame. And by the way, I just want to read, just in case you do think I'm a cuckoo bird. This is from, this is from the LA Times, Sunday LA Times, okay? There was a an article in the business section. Can I just read a little bit? Mm-hmm. It's a story about a new astrology app. Okay, so let me just read a little bit. Any entity created on this planet comes into the world with a star chart dominated by a sun sign reflecting the motion of the sphere, the spheres above at its moment of birth. Facebook, for instance, is an Aquarius, while Google, Snap, and Netflix are all Virgos. 
Microsoft and Twitter, both Aries. Amazon, classic cancer. <laughs> I'm sorry, was that? What I'm saying here is, let me continue. Sanctuary, a digital astrology startup backed by $1.5 million in venture capital, made the considered decision to launch its service March 20th, the dawn of the new astro astrological year when Pisces gives way to Aries in the astral cycle. Anyway, the point I'm making is that this is, again, this is not just drugstore stuff. It's, it is a, a big business. And going further, did you know that in 2018, Americans spent $2.2 billion on mystical services, according to the research firm Ibis World? Okay. Okay, so there's a need for this, and it's not hooey. It could be hooey. It's not. It's people, people are investing. People see the value in it. And our guest today, Carol Allen, is, is really uh, an expert and a master in this. And she does it all day long and, and dating advice and relationship coaching. She's sort of the trifecta, which is awesome because that's sort of this is gonna be fun. what I also provide sort of as, you know, as a side thing for my clients too, just to give them like a little edge, right? Why not? So my Gemini husband, yes, I know you're not a believer, but by the end of this show, a believer. I, but I, I, I am a believer. I just, I'm just, I, I don't mind, you know, I keep an arm's length to it because I'm not going to allow it to dictate my daily life. Uh, I respect what it is. You tell me when there's a moon void or a retrograde happening and I do what I can to adhere to that. I try not to buy a refrigerator during those times and or get my car serviced or things along those lines. But I, I can't allow it to dictate that it's, I can't allow it to tell me to not do something that I had scheduled. To okay. Do. Well, you've done pretty well though. The last few weeks controlling yourself. Well, yeah, the straight jacket you have me in is, I not, have you in an astrological yes. straight jacket. Boy. <laughs> I don't allow him to buy anything. Uh, so, and also I was talking to Carol, uh, a few minutes ago it's been a very long retrograde for me it feels like it's lasting forever and I've got all these things I want to do and start and initiate and, and plan and buy and it's over on Friday March 29th and by the way people for those of you who don't understand or know what it is Mercury the planet uh, Carol's going to explain this better, way better than me it goes retrograde three times a year for three weeks at a time so it's not just it's not just this one time. It's, it'll happen again and again and again, and the, and the good news about a retrograde is that it is even though it's kind of um, a pain in the ass, it does there are val there's value to it in that during a retrograde what you're really supposed to do is review re review revisit revise you know not not start but look over the things that you've done and redo does that make sense okay okay so i think we're gonna go to break we are gonna go to a break right now this is a fun episode I'm, i, I'm I can't i'm yeah, telling I'm, you i've been i'm so excited for this because it's just so up my alley so we are going to a break and we'll be right back with our guest carol allen we are back can I introduce Carol Allen? Because yes. this is this is this is my jam. This is your jam. This is my jam. This is my my. This is what I've lived for <laughs> all these oh, wow. years to to talk to and introduce and interview uh, a sister from another Mister. Uh, Carol Allen is a happily married Vedic astrologer and relationship coach whose mission is to empower women to enjoy truly out of this world love lives. Her methods are a unique marriage of East and West, combining her training in astrology of India with cutting-edge real-world relationship research. Whether you're looking for a soulmate, want to deepen an existing relationship, or heal lifelong, lifelong love patterns, the answers are literally written in the stars. And almost anything can be made much better with your own right actions once you know the truth and what to do about it. Hell yes, amen. That's what I say. That's my point. I just put that in there. Mm -hmm. Carol's been featured on E, Bridezilla's, Extra, Dr. Drew's Life Changers, and in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Women's World, 
and Daily Candy and is the author of Love is in the Stars, The Wise Women's Astrological Guide to Men. She is regularly heard by hundreds of thousands of people on major relationship summits, podcasts, radio shows, and her popular astrology articles can be found on the homepage of yourtango.com or through her Love is in the Stars newsletter that she sends four times a week to 35,000 subscribers. Carol Allen, welcome to Done Being Single. Ah, thank you so much. You guys are fun. I hope I can keep up. <laughs> we, we you can are. Up. You can because you're an Aquarius, so you fit right in. Mm. This is true. This is true. So I am dealing with two Aquarians today. Ha ha. Get ready. I am Get ready. ready, Robbie. How Get, lucky are you? I don't know. You tell you're me. Out-manned. I wouldn't know what that means. So. You're already outmanned you, and outsmarted. Okay, go on. I think you can handle it. I think you can handle it. Okay. Mm. Well, the, you know what they do say. Uranus is in higher octave of... Mercury? Or, well, my well, anus is. Well, I don't know about yours. <laughs> Chicken, eh? Okay. Oh, boy. Carol, you're in for it. I am. Okay, so I don't even know where to be, and there's so much here to talk about. First, let's let's distinguish between what's Western astrology and Vedic astrology, please. I've never heard of Vedic, so okay. educate me, please. Well, you know, the thing that's so incredible when you start studying astrology is discovering that virtually every ancient great civilization corresponded human events with celestial activity. So there's Celtic and Mayan and Egyptian and Hebrew and Greek and Babylonian and Nepalese and Chinese and and I had no idea, you know, all, all I knew was like you guys was Linda Goodman, of course, her books are so much fun. She's the only Vedic, she's the only astrologer ever, I believe, to be on the New York Times bestseller list because oh. those books sold like hotcakes. I think there's one in everybody's sister's bedroom. <laughs> That's where I got mine. <laughs> mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. And so I had no idea there was this whole world of astrology out there and You know, the origins of astrology are lost to the mists of time, but scholars do think the oldest system is the Indian system. And it's first found written about in the Vedas, which are among the oldest existing books. And that's why it's called Vedic astrology. So it's over 5,000 years old. And in the East, in the Orient, you know, in Asian cultures, astrology is very, very integrated with their culture. And so in India, there's more astrologers per capita. I mean, if you don't like having to worry about what's going on in the stars, Robbie, never move to India because there's an astrologer in every village, every family, every hotel. Uh, you get your chart done there, and it's considered a blessing from God to know your chart. So, And the advantage of Vedic over Western is our, the Vedic system was never – burned at the stake. All their writings exist. Uh, you know, the, the tragedy of Western astrology is their their Bibles were all lost in the ancient fire at the uh, Library of Alexandria, you know, mm. and and then the church tried to stamp it out. So they burned astrologers and their books in the middle, throughout the Middle Ages. I would never have been an astrologer for the last 20 years. <laughs> it was not it was not a great idea. It's like a witch so, hunt. Definitely, but that did not happen in India. In fact, astrologers in India are considered the mouthpiece of God. <laughs> so it's it's that. So that all their books still exist, and there's just so much more information, so much more data. And apparently, there used to be with Western astrology too. So all my teachers started as Western astrologers, and they all said when they when they discovered Vedic astrology, just this ocean of knowledge opened up to them that was so much more, uh, you know, so much more rich and nuanced and predictive. And then the other thing about it is, uh, for your topic is it's the, the relationship compatibility techniques and timing techniques are astonishing. And, you know, Hinduism is still the main religion of India and this system is a part of Hinduism. And so, you don't get married. They still arrange 90% of their marriages. You don't get married without the, the blessing of your astrologer. Right. So it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's, it, there's a whole lot of fun. But to your point, Trevor, before, we calculate the charts differently. And so I hate to break it to you. Your, your lovely husband is not a Gemini, and you are not an Aquarius, and neither am I. Isn't that oh my upsetting? God. Who am I? Yeah, I'm, I, right. What it's, am I? You're a Taurus probably, right? Me? Yes. In fact, he's a double Taurus. His rising sign is Taurus mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. You, you were kind enough to share your charts with me, so mm-hmm. I have them here. Uh, does that mean I'm a no that's not... well, see, you know it, he's so okay this is where I need to learn more about Vedic the Vedic system because to me he is such a Gemini he's such a double Gemini he's so mercurial he's everything that is the planet as I know Mercury to be he's well, yeah so and Taurus to system, me Taurus is not so go ahead well in you know in our system we care way more about the moon sign than the sun sign and so when you say he's mercurial, he now has a moon sign uh, that is in a constellation ruled by Mercury. So the moon indicates your mind and your emotions and how you relate emotionally, how you are in relationships. And you're not wrong, Treva. He is mercurial, but not because of his sun sign. It's because of his moon sign. <laughs> and then he, you know, what you feel with him is that snappy, zippy, youthful, playful, great communicator energy, right? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. he is very, he's doing very Gemini things. He's playing with sound effects. He's got a radio show. He's, you know, tons mm-hmm. of fun. He's a big tease. He's very, he's very playful. Mm-hmm. Well, that is all because of Mars and Mercury. The combination of Mars and Mercury does that. So he's got Mercury now in Aries, which is a Mars sign. And he's got Mars now in Gemini, which is a Mercury sign. So he's got two Mars-Mercury things and the moon in a, in a Mercurial constellation. Now, here's why you're going to love Vedic astrology. Are you ready? Yeah. His moon is in a constellation called the Wealthy. <laughs> so, you know, I was reading your blog about your first year of marriage, and you said you used to not have any food in the house, mm-hmm. and now you have all these cabinets full of food. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're married to a guy whose moon is in a constellation called the wealthy, you're never going to want, you're never going to lack. And even if he didn't have a lot of money coming in, he would always live well. He would always figure out how to have an amazing lifestyle. I have a friend with the moon in this constellation. And when she was young and broke, she used to hitchhike and limousines would pull over. (laughs) Right. So this is a really auspicious, lucky constellation to be born under. And then his son, I mean, you didn't, you didn't marry. I mean, I love your story. You guys, you're so hopeful for people. His son is in a constellation called Rohini. Look, we're talking about him. Like he's not here. Sorry. I feel like I'm not. Yeah, I don't even know. Going. I've I've lost all identity. I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah, keep going, Carol. He doesn't we're need just, to be here anyway. Go ahead. Two astrologers, you know, yakking it up. But um, his son is in a constellation called Rohini, and Rohini is the most sexy, conjugally talented of all the constellations. So you know, part of why Robbie didn't marry is he was having too much fun, right, Robbie? I'm just gonna guess. Um, no, <laughs> I'll go with that. Okay, good. I'm glad someone figured it out because I've been trying to figure out what the hell, why were you single for so long? What's Uh, wrong with you? Yeah, that's your favorite question. I ask him that every day. I still ask him. What the hell's wrong with you? He was waiting for you, but really, he's got the planet Saturn in the house of partnership. Now, that's probably true with any system, and that makes you a late bloomer in love. I mean, that's my classic favorite late bloomer in love combo. And not only that, but it's opposite Venus. And Venus represents the wife. And Saturn hold things, holds things back. So, you know, the big news recently, of course, is J-Lo and A-Rod, or I guess we should call them J-Rod, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and they both have so much Saturn all over their charts. And so early relationships just don't stick and you're much better off marrying later and so these are the people that hate me when they come at 25 for their reading and they want to know where's my prince right and i'm like oh honey can we get you like a nice career can we get you cats Mm -hmm, what can we mm -hmm. do for you yeah but so he was a late bloomer in love and uh and he was waiting for somebody to blow his mind and so that had you know he'd wait for you can we talk about me for a second? 
Uh, I'm just, uh, okay. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> okay, so I'm so glad you're putting this this it's positive spin on it because I do know his his Saturn is in his seventh house, and I do know it makes an opposition to Venus. And at first, I saw that I went, uh oh, this guy is not necessarily a partnership guy. It kind of worried me because the seventh house is all about partnerships and marriage and and. Uh, but then someone said to me because my um, we have a. Uh, his his Venus and my Saturn. So so let me get this straight. Saturn is not necessarily a bad thing, right? Well, it's a delaying factor. And so it holds things back until you're older in life. And it makes things come with a lot of work. So all that exhausting practicing that, that Robbie was doing, right? No, okay, to be fair, the seventh house describes the partners, right? So you have a ton of energy in Capricorn now, uh, not to blow your doors or your mind, but you have a, you have a big stack up. You have a celestial stack up in the sign of Capricorn, which is ruled by Saturn. So his seventh house is saying he needs to be with a Saturn woman for it to work. And then here comes this quintuple Capricorn lady, and that's a fit for him, right? Because you're a, ma- a major Saturn person. Now, Probably, even though I think you've always had a lot of fun, Robbie, Saturn being in your house of partnership, you had women be cruel to you. You had women be cold. You had women be critical and judgmental and demanding and unavailable. Am I am I right? Uh, I mean, not necessarily relationship women, but maybe you know, like my my mom or my sisters. I don't know. I, I, it's possible. I, uh, relation certain relationships probably were like that. I. You block them all out now that you're in marital bliss. I don't. Usually, I, I don't really think about that. Yeah, you're right. Well, good. Okay. Usually, Saturn in the seventh house makes early relationships be with people that are not as nurturing as you would like, or not as loving as you would like, or there's a lot of fighting in the case of your chart because it's in Scorpio, which is ruled by Mars, and the the combination of Saturn and Mars in any way is pretty. It can be hostility, right? That can be arguing and fighting so i'm glad you didn't notice and that you're not scarred by it and you don't remember so hopefully i'm wrong i would love to be wrong well, I, I love being wrong about bad news so. you know and but then again it's it, it is it is there a subjective relativity to it in that even though i've had i may have grown up with that and have had that in my past it wasn't something that uh did scar me and it was maybe normal for me to have that upbringing right. and and i handled it as as well as i could well, you know, you have a beautiful, what's called yoga. So yogas are more important than signs. And yogas are the combinations formed by the planet signs and houses and how they all go together. So we do really basic, simple yogas to reveal your character. And these help to explain why one Aries will be dominant and athletic and love to travel and one won't. And one Leo will be like loving the limelight and large and in charge and one won't and one cancer will be sentimental in a homebody and one won't and why is that and this is part of why people don't believe in astrology because you can't really put everybody into these 12 perfect buckets right you know it just doesn't work it's so much more complicated than that and as much as i love Linda Goodman for introducing us all to astrology and making it so much fun that's really pop astrology that's really not any reflection of the incredible depth and richness that is astrology. So the richness is really revealed by yogas. And all of your chart, all of your planets fall into six signs if we don't include the outer planets or the north and south node. So all your major planets and the sun and the moon all fall into six signs. This is one of the best yogas for happiness. This is one of the best yogas for high character. People with all their planets and six signs are always able to rise above circumstances, always able to make things better, always able to find their fulfillment from within themselves. So, you, you know, even though I don't think you had a bad child, if childhood, if you had with, with all your planets and six signs, you would be fine. You'd be like, remember those weebles wobble, but mm-hmm. they didn't fall down. Right. <laughs> Remember those old children's toys, right? I'm yes. dating myself here. Yeah, we know that. But, um, but yeah, it makes a person really buoyant and, and really, really basically have a happy nature. And also 
um, have a have a good life. Like this is a really, uh, you know, the ancient books say things like wise and rich and lauded by all. This is part of why your show is so popular because you're lauded by all. Oh it's my really, god, that is a great yeah. thing, uh, Carol. We have to take a break, but okay. we're going to come back and talk more right about on that. We're going to talk more about me when we come back. So this is really <laughs> awesome, and uh, we're going to be right back with more Carol Allen, and we're back with Carol Allen. Yes, astrologer extraordinaire. She is dating coach, relationship expert. I've never had such trifecta. a mirror thrown at me, and I don't know who I am anymore. My whole, everything <laughs> oh, I thought I was. It's okay, we do, no, and that you don't need to know yourself. I. But don't. I feel so naked. Um, and you've got a, your your Uranus is so adorable. You talk about my anus again. I just want to say. So Carol and I and Robbie are well, not maybe you, Robbie, but she is speaking. My, she is singing my tune. She is speaking my language. This is just uh, a treat and a half for me. And I've got uh, questions galore. Carol, are you ready for more questions? I am. Okay. And and I'm also happy to, you know, to let you know, Treva, you can buy some things under Mercury Retrograde. Oh, <laughs> so, can you let us know what those yeah. are? Because I really, oh. we, we need a checklist. <laughs> you know, I actually find with retrogrades, that there are huge, it's like the breakdown that precedes the breakthrough, right? We we have huge realizations. Couples usually fight. So I was, I was laughing listening to you guys spar because things that we've been holding back, we will, we will say when Mercury goes retrograde. So couples usually fight. People finally get willing to do the, the work that they need to do and roll up their sleeves, but things do break. I mean, it's, it's really kind of uncanny. And so I, I usually have to buy something like a printer, a new phone when mm-hmm, Mercury's mm-hmm. in retrograde because the damn thing died. Right. And so, so you, there are workarounds. Again, you can look at yogas, you can look at, is the moon growing or waning is, uh, you know, there, there's, there's so much depth to auspicious date picking. There's actually something called panchanga in Vedic astrology, where you look at time at five different levels. Like you look at the, the lunar day, the lunar half day, the relationship of the sun to the moon that day. It is so complicated. And then there's these constellations. There's 27 constellations that are each good or not as good for different activities. And I mean, you want to like have your head explode, (laughs) study Vedic astrology. I didn't realize how hard it was until I was too far in to turn back. It was like being, you know, in a physics class, but thinking you were in a cooking class (laughs) and then finding out if you didn't, you know, stay the whole time you would have to leave school and your whole life would be over. So that's how I felt when I figured out how hard it was. So Thank God for computers. We used to have yes. to do all this yes. by hand. Yeah, back in the day, it was yeah. all hand-drawn. Now you just go on to where, uh, astro.com, and I can put in anyone's birth information, and, and boom, there it is, which I did over and over every, with every guy I dated. I'm telling you, this was my system. This is what I did. And the, it tried the, to give you a, this was the, a yes. leg up. It's smart. And this, it's yeah, smart. I ran home, did their chart. I looked at where their moon was in relation to where mine was. I looked at where their Mars was, where their Venus was in relation to my Mars and Venus. Uh, I did my own calculations. And, you know, some, you know, interestingly enough, you could have the most perfect, well-matched charts and it still not work out. I mean, you could, oh, lo- you could line up, the stars can align on paper and it means nothing well and and you know what i love that you just said that because that is one of my cornerstone teachings there are what i call five astrological five critical keys to love and only one of them is compatibility so the one that everybody overlooks that is even more important is just looking at who is this person and do they have the capacity to be in a relationship in the first place, right? And and what happens is when we fall in love, mother nature fools us into thinking that we are so special, that we have, you know, if we're a woman that we have the golden, you know what, the golden vagina, right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're a man that we have the You magical... know me so well. <laughs> 
And then, and then when, when the other man. person is in Jeez. love, they feed our romantic narcissism by telling us like, oh, baby, I've never felt this way before. You're the one, right? Mm -hmm. And we really mean it at the time. But so we get, we get like literally starry-eyed, like literally starry-eyed. And we can't see who someone is. And we tell ourselves, well, he cheated on everyone else, but I'll be different. Or he's been a workaholic with everyone else, or he's, he's drank too much with everyone else, but with me, he'll, be, he'll change or she'll change. And, and then, of course, they don't. And so one of my main teachings as a, you know, I give workshops and I have clients is, you know, don't work so hard. Find somebody that is a relationship person. Find someone that loves love, find somebody that's happy, like you did good, Trevor, you found somebody happy, right? Mm -hmm. Find somebody that's happy and 90% of your job is handled. Like it's going to be so much easier. And, and, and it's interesting, you know, we always think, oh, people with low self-esteem pick bad relationships. Well, I actually find people with high self-esteem <laughs> pick the hardest partners because they go, I'm me and it's all going to be different with me. Mm -hmm. Like back to J-Lo and A-Rod. I mean, A-Rod has been a player and a cheater, right? Mm -hmm. And she is a total romantic and she, you know, I don't know either of them, of course. Um, but I will say he did steal my ring. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do we have to give her my ice cube ring? That is just Clearly, they're jealous of me. Clearly, they're trying to be like me. But anyway. But, you know, when you pick a man that's like the world is his oyster and he's been with the most beautiful women and the most famous women and like a, a constant parade of women and already the whispers and the, and the not so whispers are that he's still with other women. I mean, oh J-Lo unfortunately thinks, but I'm J-Lo, right? And I'll, it'll be different with me. And no, it won't. You don't give that much hope then, do you? Well, you know, I would never curse anybody's new relationship. And what do I know? Like I said, I don't know them. The frustrating thing in their case is their birth times are not known. Two mega, mega, mega famous people. It's very it's frustrating when you can't find all the information you need, so you can't put the puzzle pieces mm. together. But I will say his chart, mo you know, very simple yoga that we do is most of his planets are in movable signs. And the movable signs are always on the move. People with most of their planets falling in movable signs get bored easily. They need new experiences, new careers, new places, faces. They need new people on the regular, right? And so it's harder for them to commit. It's harder for them to be with just one person. And, you know, it, 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 and so that's, that is going to be a challenge. Now, they both do have fixed moon signs. The moon is how you are emotionally and Venus is how you love. And they both have fixed Venuses. So they can love one person for a long time. It's just, can they avoid temptation? Can they be committed enough? I mean, I... The thing I really hate about these two celebrity couples is when everybody's blowing smoke up your you-know-what and telling you how great you are all the time, mm -hmm. how do you have the humility to own your part? How do you ever say, wow, I really do need to work on myself. Wow, I really do need to be kinder. Wow. You know, how do you believe the one person in your life telling you how you need to grow or 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 be 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 a better person when everyone else tells you you're the greatest person in the history of the world. Right? I think that's actually very important because I, I think that a partnership, a true partnership that is successful, uh, when those doors close and it's just you two in your room alone, that you are able to share what it is you feel the other person is doing, providing, uh, giving, not giving, and you should be listening to that person because that's the honesty that you need from a mate, from a partner, regardless yeah. of all the other smoke being blown up your Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> but my biggest concern for them, and this is, you know, something for the listeners to hear, is we all go through seasons and cycles. And some of them are what I call seasons of love. And some of them are seasons of loneliness. And seasons of loneliness, I don't care if you're 27 and a supermodel. I don't care if you're a rich athlete, when you're in a season of loneliness, relationships are hard. And 
it's common to only be with people where it's never going to work. And no matter how much you try, no matter how much you love them, it's only going to be challenging. And so, so because I don't have, like I said, JLo and A-Rod's birth times, I couldn't look at the deeper marriage technique that's done in India because it requires birth times. But I can say, sadly, she's in this very difficult cycle. And it was amazing. The week it started, she and Mark Anthony broke up because it makes people really have to marry themselves, you know, not to name drop. I was actually on Extra that week and they were like, oh, no, you said they weren't going to get back together, but they were seen this morning driving around. Are they going to get back together? And I said, hell no. She just went to this season of loneliness. So who do we date when we're in seasons of loneliness? People way younger that are not ever going to marry us. Supposedly, you know, there were rumors her guy, her dancer boyfriend, uh, Casper, whatever his name was, was even gay, they think. Um, so we tend to partner with people where it's just it's just doomed from the start. And so she's still in that cycle. And she, you're not supposed to marry in it. It's for it's for nine more months. It's till January of next year. So okay. so really, I want to say to JLo, why do you keep getting married, right? So timing is so important. So Can just we send like a, you guys. We have to send a, I think we have to send a bill to JLo for this hour. God, right? This is, this is the JLo A-Rod hour. But that's, well, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. No, so, this is, this is, it's fascinating. It is fascinating. We have to take a break. We're oh, going to okay. come back with more Carol Allen in a second. Okay, we're back. Okay, so question for Carol. As a professional astrologer, are there certain red flags that just pop out at you when you're looking at someone's chart or a couple's chart? Certain um, signatures that might not be as auspicious or bode well, and what are they? And then I'm going to ask you the same thing for how would you explain that to the layman? Oh, absolutely. So in a woman's chart, you really want to look to what's called the dignity of the moon. The moon is the emotions, the feminine principle, the ability to receive good love. And when the moon is afflicted by being with difficult planets, the difficult planets are Mars, Saturn, uh, the North Node, the South Node, and 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 also when those planets are fourth from the moon, because the fourth house is the emotions. And so, and then when they're in the, in the rising sign of the chart or in the fourth house, um, and then for, for men's charts, you want to look at the, the, the dignity of the sun. The sun is the masculine principle. And when the sun is in what's called good dignity, uh, by being only with good planets or only in good houses, uh, a man's going to be able to be a better man for a woman and, and a less selfish man, a less moody man, a less demanding, controlling, you know, all the fun things that, that men can be, right? And so... So, and then the 10th house in a man's chart is very important because that has to do with like with career, mission, purpose, and not to speak in general generalities or sexist, you know, terms, but they work, right? When men feel fulfilled professionally, when they feel on their mission, they are better partners. And so, so you really want to look to those things. And then, like I said, you want to look to what kind of signs make up most of the chart. So, you know, I've had, I've had male clients before where I've actually told them to stop picking traditional women that want commitment and family and to find like a nice bisexual girl who's going to be polyamorous with them or be a little more free with them. And, 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 you know, and I, and I've seen that really work because, because listen, not everybody's wired to be in one-on-one long-term relationships. Not everybody's built for it. And there's no shame in that. You know, what I love about astrology is it helps us see who we really are and who we're designed to be so that then we can be true to ourselves and happier and 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 more honest with everyone else, right? I agree. And I do I do agree that the heart wants what it wants. I also I also think the chart wants what the chart wants. And I think that knowing I'm knowing what I know and what you know, I don't think there's any accident that that based on where my Venus is or where my Mars is, that there's a certain kind of a guy that I'm attracted to and keep sort of I sort of resonate with that that type. Is, would you say that's correct for, I, for I everybody? Think all, I think that's true for all of us. Absolutely. Yes, for everybody. Absolutely. Is is astrology subjective? Can you have two astrologists give you two different opinions on the same chart 
or is it absolute? Is there is there wiggle room? No, that is such a great question. So the, the really the answer is astrology is complicated. So the question is how much have both astrologers studied and what techniques are they both really looking to? And then where is the person in their personal development? Because we're we're not locked into these really narrow ways of being we're we have a spectrum with with within which we're all working and so the free will that you do have is you can go to the high end of your spectrum or the low you can do no personal work on yourself you can do no developing and growing you can just decide you know screw it it's too hard i'm just going to stay in my little box right mm-hmm. my favorite analogy is uh is really dna you might be from a family where every man has a heart attack by 56, right? You might be from a family where there's that genetic kind of challenge. But does that mean you should smoke and eat red meat every day and never exercise, right? So you could choose to be the different one. You could choose to be vegan. You could choose to be a runner. You could choose to uh, meditate. And guess what? the likelihood that you won't have that heart attack goes way up. That's how astrology is, right? So there's there's who you are, there's who you're designed to be, but then there's your free will to come from, live your best life, as Oprah would say, right? Yes. You, you, you mentioned yeah. earlier about uh, how I wouldn't like it in India because there's astrologists on every corner. I get at the image of like the psychics here on every corner. Uh, is that somewhat similar that you can get a different reading from every different astrologer you go to? Well, you know, unfortunately, humans have all kinds of agendas, right? So, so just because you're an astrologer doesn't mean you're any more holy or or aware. You know, it's so funny. People always think since I'm an astrologer that I know all the workings of the universe, you know, and they'll ask me, you know, they'll ask me questions that are really only answerable from God, right? But so I've had clients go to India and I've had a lot of clients from India, of course, tell me horror stories, right? Where they were forced to marry some guy and I look at the charts and they're terrible together. And and they're mis- and so of course the couple's miserable, but they say, but why? The astrologer said this was right. And I'm like, well, maybe he was paid off or maybe he, you know, he had a pool and this was the best of the bad. Like, I don't know, but I will I, tell you, nothing ever happens outside of the chart. So those people also, their charts say divorce. Their charts say first marriage will be miserable. Their charts say, so it all goes together. There's a larger destiny playing out. So, yes. but I've also heard brilliant stories too, where readings are like talking to God and every single thing came true and was accurate and was so valuable and helpful. Yeah, I, by the way, I, I, an astrologer on every corner is my idea of heaven. I mean, I can't think of anything better. I want to say there are some generalizations out there for the, the lay person that's the uninitiated that, I don't know, I think they get like a bad rap, like Saturn, you know, people go, oh, no, it's my Saturn return, uh, uh, you know, and it's it's horrible and it's sinister. And then there are people that go, oh, I'm never going to date a Scorpio. Because, you know, I've heard that a ton of times. And even I have said that at times. Or um, my moon's in Virgo. Or I am a Virgo. And I'm such a neat freak. And I'm a control freak. And I'm, you know, a fault finder. Or there, I hate to say it, there's some truth. But it's, it. I think it is not, it's, it's nuanced. And I don't think that all Scorpios are sex fiends and, you know, and weirdos. I although I did yeah. I, I didn't but, again, that's pop astrology. I mean, my whole I wrote a book called Loves and Stars, which you guys plugged. Thank you very much. Which you can find at lovesandstars.com. But um, and the whole first chapter is all about like forget sun signs. Quit saying no to Scorpios. Quit saying no to Gemini's. I will say those two signs get the worst press. And I agree. It's and it's not fair. Because not fair at all. It's not that every Gemini is two-faced. Right. No, they're it's, not. No. They're symbolized by the twins because they're multi-talented and they're versatile and they're adaptable. Correct. But I will say there is a Vedic sign called the two-faced man. Right. <laughs> and that guy is actually trouble. So, 
so, uh, you know, it, it's so much more complicated than than just what sign. But yeah, people do use it as an excuse, to your point, Trevor. Yeah, I have an they, Aquarius, uh, a fellow Aquarius friend who will not date. The minute I say, oh, I want to fix you up with someone. Well, when is his birthday? He's a Scorpio. Oh, nope, not doing it. Yeah, and that's such a shame. I mean, I married a guy who's a Scorpio who just walked in, and um, in in Western astrology, he's a he's a Libra in Vedic astrology, and and he's so wonderful. I mean, Scorpio, of course, they're symbolized by three three animals. One's a snake, and one's an eagle, right? Mm-hmm. So you can get the lower slinking in the grass kind that'll bite you, and then you can get the kind that's like spiritually enlightened mm-hmm. and soars. Mm-hmm. Can you be above both? Above it all, and luckily, he, he, I married that guy. Does he possess both of those qualities? Well, like all humans, of course, he okay. possesses both of those qualities. But what's beautiful in his chart is uh, is his yogas are, are high-character yogas. So here I am, the astrologer, and he's the one that, you know, meditates every day and does spiritual practices and will say to me, have you thank God for this beautiful day while I'm like complaining about something? So, so he's, he, you know, I find that a lot that, that it's not always the person holding out the shingle, right? It's usually somebody just living it. Carol, we have got to wrap up our show right now, unfortunately, because this has been such an entertaining segment and we want to have you back. Oh, I and want to come back. You guys are way too it. much fun. Thank you for not doing like really mean sound effects while I was talking. I would <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> but the, the thing here is that it's uh, we want to we want to give you a chance to uh, promote yourself. So tell us where we can find you out there. Ah, uh, well, I was so blessed years ago to have just the most incredible business support show up. I had the most amazing astrology support for over a decade. I had the greatest mentors. The best thing in my chart is mentors. And then here came this incredible internet mentor who helped me write books and create astrology reports where people could do their compatibility. They could look at their timing. They could look at their capacity. They could check to see if you know, the people they were dating were too good to be true or the real thing. And so I have a whole world of fun at loveisinthestars.com where you can get all your own answers quickly. And you can also find out your own Vedic chart. Who are you really? <laughs> and again, it's all at loveisinthestars.com. And, and, uh, that's and great. it's, it's great. a lot of fun. I cover celebrities and I do what's in the what's in the stars. And I warn people about retrogrades and eclipses and... Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really, really fortunate. Yeah, so come play with me. I am. I'm going, to, I'm going there right after the show. Woohoo! Because I want more. Thank you, Carol. Carol, thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you you, got, you got to come back. Great this time. was great. Anytime. I'm I'm here for you. Okay, thank you thank again. You, and uh, we, we are done being single, right. and hopefully everybody else is too. So everybody have a great <laughs> week, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.